My name is Ben and welcome to Field and Foley episode 2 with David Voji. David Voji is a sound designer and field recordist with over 20 years of experience. Uh, he currently works as head audio engineer at Audily, a podcast and audiobook production company. And he produces the outstanding Ambisonic Spaces podcast, traveling to the farthest reaches of the world, discovering different audio artists to tell their stories. Um, welcome, David. Absolutely. And thanks, for thanks Ben, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, um, I, I was surprised that you instantly were, were like on board and um, wanted to come on the show because I listened to your podcast and um, the first time I started it, I was blown away by the by the audio quality and by the immersion. And so uh, my first question to ask is, uh, how did you get to make it an ambisonic podcast? What was like your... How did oh you come my to gosh, it? that is a loaded question. I will try my best to answer here. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, sorry, I was just turning off all the notifications I'm getting. I totally forgot to do that. I apologize. Just one second. Uh, <laughs> totally off, fine. Off, off. You know, I, I do record podcasts, and that's like the first thing I tell people when I'm recording other people's podcasts. <laughs> uh, turn off your notifications and look at me not doing it. So, okay. So how I got into Ambisonics, that is a good question. I did a little contract work with Epic Games uh, back in 2020. 20 and uh they provided me with an ambisonic mic to do some you know external field recording and uh yeah i was just actually had the opportunity to get my hands on a system that can record in 3d audio before i was not able i mean they're quite expensive as some people might know so i was really mm -hmm. excited just to dive in and play around with it and fell in love and just being And, and two, being out in nature is a very fulfilling, uh, life-fulfilling thing in my life, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I really love going out on hikes and just being out in the wilderness, uh, all that kind of stuff. So kind of combining those two together uh, was really, really, uh, is really inspiring for me, I suppose, is a good way to say it. So yeah, and I think just having an ambisonic system kind of focuses you to think while you're recording to be present in the space. Other methods of recording, you can still do that. Uh, but in my experience, you know, sometimes when you're recording, you're recording a certain subject or some, like uh, if you're in nature, even a specific mm -hmm. animal or something like that. With ambisonics, it's everything. And it really focuses you to it really helps you to focus on everything that's going around and be mindful and be present and slow down and not so much think of the recording that you're doing, but just being connected with nature uh, and uh, forces you to focus on that moment, which I find really helps me in my mental state because, <laughs> you know, life is crazy and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I guess that's a long-winded uh, answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a good answer, and I haven't thought about that because I haven't 
uh, unfortunately tried yet the ambisonic um, um, way of recording, but I, I really want to. And um, in my mind, that that leads me to believe that it moves like the the focusing on what you want to have out of the sound um, back mm -hmm. to the studio when you're home, because you can uh, of course um, like use those recordings and then like turn them around or move in a certain direction. So um, that's a really interesting point for me because. I also that that's also something I really like about the field recording, just going out in nature and being present somewhere. And um, oftentimes I just set up my mics and then I sit there and like meditate or zone out and just listen to everything. And then I come home and I hear the recording and it's not mm -hmm. the same thing I experienced. It's more like that section I had there, something like that. So in the beginning, I really struggled with um, getting what I experienced. <laughs> exactly uh, on mics as well um, and so now um, yeah as you just said and um, with other mics um, you tend to focus on something tend to try to capture that and be less present in the moment so that's very interesting yeah so that um, leads me directly into how did you come to field recording or rather what makes you passionate of, about field recording is it like the going out in nature and hiking stuff but why the recording of it because that's still a different yeah, beast right? it is in a way, for sure. Uh, like I said before, yeah, going out in nature, it's kind of like conquering or, you know, killing two birds with one stone. Uh, yes, you get your recording um, and all the technical aspects of that and making it good and making it deliverable and the whole process of doing that. But, you know, actually, like I said, being out in nature, that really kind of, it brings a light onto what you're doing uh, to provide and to get money and all that kind of stuff. It brings a certain calming aspect to it. Uh, and what I think I really mm -hmm. like about the whole process too is, uh, and musicians might understand this too, there is a cyclical process of it all, which I enjoy every bit of it. Because I'm kind of a tech nerd and as much as I can be and, and like all the technical stuff and getting the best equipment and all that kind of stuff. So there is the aspect of, like if you're a musician, um, you have the creative stage where you're writing and you're making music and putting chords and notes together and composing. It's a very creative birth stage to a project, right? And uh, so then you have that creative stage, then you go on to the next stage where you may be uh, putting it all together. And that's where all the technical stuff is. You know, you got to know what the mixing and the mastering and what instruments to put together and all that and how you want this to come to be. And then if you play live, you go on to the next stage. I mean, well, in between there, let me, sorry, let me back up. Then there's like the whole releasing stage and promotion stage and getting your stuff out there stage, you know, which is a beast in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And then you go on to the next stage where you're performing, possibly, if that's what you do as a, a music artist. And, and all that, there's a million things that come into that, you know, booking and traveling and uh, going to live show, all this kind of stuff. So... And then it just kind of repeats, you know, then you go back into the studio, then you have your, it's just a cyclical process. I think the same thing is true for, you know, field recording in general. You say you have a project you have to do for a client or you're making your own project or a sound pack or something like that. You have, okay, what's out there? What's in the market? Uh, how can I provide a different aspect to what's already out there or make what's already out there better? And 
you come up with, you know, your idea and then that's the creative stage. And then you go on to the planning stage and then you actually get to go out and go into the recording stage out in the field, which is really fun. Then you come back and then, <laughs> then there's the technical stage where you have to sometimes clean it up, you know, which is, uh, can be time consuming, but then, you know, and then getting it to a deliverable format and then putting packaging and then throwing it out there. So it's a big cyclical thing, I think. And I, I enjoy every one of those parts. I think if I was doing one of those parts all the time, that would be a massive burnout. <laughs> you know, if I was, you know, mm. having to go outside my house all the time to record and travel all the time. And that's all I did was just record. Yes, it'd be fun for a while, but you know, sometimes you just want to stay home. Sometimes you just want to be on the computer editing something. I, that's just me. So I, I enjoy every one of those uh, parts where you're not stuck in one place for too long. Yeah, I can I can totally uh, agree with that. Um, especially like having different, as you see, as you said, like the cycle having different stages and getting that kind of uh, contrast in. Uh, Yeah, in, in contrast to other jobs where you're like going to the office every day for eight hours and it's basically the same base idea, even if maybe your your work changes a bit, but it's going up, getting to the office and uh, getting home. And this one is really like more freely and uh, more experimental. Um, yeah, so that also leads me to the question I'd like to ask every guest um, is why did you record your first sound and what was it? If you still can remember, if not, maybe you have some special memory about your starting out with recording sounds. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know if I remember. Uh, I don't remember the first one. It was a while ago. I mean, I think it had to go back to like tape recorder days. <laughs> back in the 90s, we actually had a tape Yeah. Uh, but I will say to keep it interesting, one of my m recent and most favorite, um, places to record was, is, so I'm in Colorado and Colorado is a very mountainous state and, or a mountainous region. And there's this one little part, uh, right at the base of, on the West side of the Sangre de Cristo mountains on the very South side. Uh, so the very edge on the very end, uh, just how the weather patterns are and how the landscape is, it made a perfect like uh, re, uh, sub region of right in the middle of Colorado, sand dunes, which is not native at all, you wouldn't think in a mountainous region. So I think just mm -hmm. from thousands of years of the wind pounding and Uh, the weather patterns, they, they just formed, oh gosh, I forget how much. Uh, it's just these massive sand dunes in the middle, tucked in the middle at the base of the mountain and the, the San Luis Valley, which is, there's nothing out there. And it is super, super quiet. I mean, it was very, there were some parts that were really good to record and some parts that were very frustrating to record because it was very very quiet <laughs> so much where you're like turning the gain all the way up and you're like yeah. i can't use this now because it's just white noise you know uh but getting past all that frustration you're like wow you know this is really quiet i haven't i haven't remembered the last time i've been in a place where like you can hear the blood pumping through your ears 
quiet, you know? So that was one of the most mm-hmm. remarkable places I've been so far. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds definitely like a place to visit. Um, I think I'm gonna add to that one uh, one of my favorite places so far. Um, last year or the year before that, I don't remember yet because Corona time was mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty timeless. But um, I visited a abandoned uh, mine with two of my friends who scouted it out beforehand, and um, I had a, a similar experience with. Uh, after like getting around the first corner, it was very quiet, like eerily quiet, and the only thing you really could he- hear was in the bigger caves and uh, the dropping of of uh, mm-hmm. little droplets of water. And the footsteps, and that was it. And for me, it was like a wonderland because I could just set up the microphones, go out, have something to eat, and have a perfect recording in there because nothing distracting, no airplanes, no traffic, no nothing. And there even was like a waterfall inside of there. And um, yeah, in the room with the waterfall, it was like a loud, roaring waterfall. But after the next corner, you couldn't hear anything about it because of the acoustic mm. properties of the mine. And so that one was... Yeah, uh, I recommend it to to every field recordist if you have the chance to visit a mine. Um, it's it's marvelous. It's otherworldly, and yeah, I've used the sounds in a couple of projects, and they seem to really resonate That's with fantastic. people. Fantastic! So. I love yeah, those a- really unique places uh, so that have unique mm-hmm. you know, the acoustic properties. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, there's a lake in oh geez, uh, my geography is going to be crazy. Uh, Uh, I I forget where it is and I forget the name. I should have become prepared, but it's uh, just where it is. Well, I mean, even any lake, if it freezes over, you hear the cracking and the moving of the ice makes unworldly noises. Uh, Mm -hmm. Little things like that. I just love, and I would love to do more of that. So that's great. That, 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 the mine shaft sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And that's, I think then I also want to ask uh, if you already shared your favorite place. Um, what place or thing did you always want to record but didn't oh, get the chance goodness. yet? Oh, my goodness. Well, with Ambisonics, it's very, it's broad enough. It's not really focused, you know? And I think that goes mm-hmm. really well with, uh, I mean, if you want to get into the, the game audio space, uh, it's something that a lot of people can use, being broad uh, like that. Um, yes, mm-hmm. it's great to go and get specific sounds like we were just talking about. And I would really like to go to somewhere like the mine shaft and hear the waterfall and hear the acoustic properties of all the, uh, the water bouncing off the, the cavern walls. I think that would be fantastic. And it's very, uh, it's very specific. And I think there's a, a mm-hmm. good market for that. Uh, with ambisonics, it's very hard to get a focused sound. You can, and it, it, it can work. Uh, but if you're doing a true ambisonic file, I think the generalization, there's more of a broad reach for that as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess, uh, to answer your question, a specific place. Oh man. I'd have to think about that. We'll circle back to that one. (laughs) Yeah, totally fine. Totally fine. Um, yeah, let's get a little bit into the basics, um, more for people that are maybe just starting out or don't know much about field recording. Um, I'd like to provide a bit of insight into people that um, 
people's minds that do it for a long time, just like you. Um, so one of the questions uh, I would really like to know is, uh, do you remember what you struggled with the most starting out and how you did overcome it? Um, maybe a specific technical thing or maybe process, whatever comes to mind. I think for me personally, uh, yes, to go field record, if you have a project, yes, it is necessary to go to a location and record. But I feel that there's a step that some of us miss and that I've missed uh, where your mind and your heart is not in the place that you are recording, so to speak. Yes, you're physically there. We're getting mm -hmm. good sounds, all that kind of stuff. But it always comes back to just stopping, being quiet, and just listening. And I feel that you get more out of that uh, for on a personal level, on a spiritual level. And even, you know, when you're promoting your material or trying to get it out there, you have a little bit more knowledge and heart and spirit behind what you're saying. And it's more selling your experience or that experience. Uh, if you want to get down to the whole marketing kind of thing. But I, I really believe mm -hmm. that just, uh, we're all better off if we just are quiet and listen, <laughs> shut up and listen, you know, uh, that whole thing. And that's where the podcast comes into yeah. play too. It's, uh, a good acquaintance of mine, Eduardo Patricio. He was also on the podcast. Uh, I kind of stole his catchphrase because it's what I believed or believe. And I just didn't know how to put it into words, but it's the more we listen, the more we understand. And I think that just resonates with me personally. And I try and whenever I'm trying to go into a place and work, it's really listening more, you know, and it goes with conversations. It goes with family members, my kids, all that. But the more we listen, the more we understand. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the way to go. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. And um, let me just say that 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 really worked, um, especially for your podcast. I don't know. It's maybe if I am because I'm also field recordist and I'm also into this. But I started with um, just trying to have a listen what your podcast is about and checking it out and just doing something on the side. But like after one or two minutes, I stopped and I just closed my eyes and listened because it was really like I instantly felt that that is what is about and I was interested in all the episodes of the different places of the world of hearing how they record stuff and how how those places sound so um yeah so it's a it's a great idea for podcast and at least for me i, I must say it, it it totally worked i totally stopped everything <laughs> shut up and listen no that's great well so, no i appreciate that yeah. and that's I, that's the whole meat of it you know um you know, i'm not looking to get a thousand plays in a week or an episode or downloads numbers or anything like that. This is the, the, if mm -hmm. we're talking about the podcast, it's something, it's a passion project. It's what I like doing. It's my personal beliefs of, uh, you know, like we're talking about, just shut up and listen. <laughs> Crude to crudely tongue in cheek kind of mm -hmm. say, uh, but yeah, like I said, it is a passion project and it is what I want to get out there for people to listen. And, you know, if, if one person, you know, benefits from just listening a little bit more, then that's great. I, that's perfect, you know? Yeah. 
absolutely and i will definitely recommend it um to other friends as well and um yeah on that on that topic um i, I heard a lot of recordings of nature which were really beautiful and um that's always something i struggle with at least in in the area i'm i'm here in south germany and we have a lot of nice areas but um i have to drive quite a bit to get to a I would say less sound polluted area, but there's always like for me the enemy number one is airplanes and <laughs> enemy number second is <laughs> uh, traffic. And um, but what I've learned in the recent years of places I've visited, especially in big cities or in, in modern cities like for example Amsterdam, the electric transportation has changed the soundscape there. And a couple of years ago, it was still like a normal city. You had a car every time you were in the city, everywhere. Um, and last time I was there, um, like half a year ago or something, I realized quite suddenly, because I, I started to listen more, that there were times where I couldn't hear an engine for like half an hour. And it was really interesting to me. And so um, maybe just your take, what are your thoughts on like, let's just say like the future of sound pollution. Do you think it would be will be less, ex um, especially with the rise of electric transportation? Or do you think it's like, yeah, we lose that one sound, but we gain a lot of other sound and it, there will still be a lot of pollution and um, less nature sounds than yes. we should have? Uh, yeah, very good question. Uh, my So where I live, I live kind of in the mountains in Colorado, just uh, in the foothills, really. And when, uh, maybe it was eight years ago almost, we moved to this location and there's a highway about two miles away. And you can hear uh, the highway noise a little bit, uh, especially certain times, well, in certain times of day, like, you know, early in the morning, 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., it was, it was just peaceful, quiet. And over the years, and especially since I got more and more in recording, you know, so it, would, it was nice. I could just set my microphone outside my front door and, oh, sweet, I got some nice wind through the tree sound. Now, if I do that, you'll just hear traffic, you know? And it's disheartening, mm -hmm. A. Uh, and, yeah, there, there, there are problems with sound pollution, uh, for sure. I, nature can't communicate with itself. Nature can't communicate with us as much because... We, uh, we, as humans, are noisy. We're a no noisy species. Uh, but I think <laughs> yeah. as humans, we're also very smart and we can overcome problems together if we can work together and, more importantly, listen to each other. And there are different technologies coming out that help prevent the decibel volume going over the point of... Uh, you know, where we're starting to starting now to have problems, you know, with different cortisol levels mm -hmm. with, you know, people living next to airports or noisy environments, they have a higher, uh, you know, cortisol levels, which can lead to, you know, ultimately, on the worst end of the spectrum, you know, heart disease, stroke, that that kind of thing, stress related illnesses. Uh, and sound definitely has a lot to do with that. But Going back, you know, we're, we're smart and we have technologies. I know that there are some kinds of asphalts, uh, different kinds of, you know, materials you can make roads with that will actually decrease the volume of the tire sounds on the road by, you know, 10 decibels, which is huge. And there are different other things mm -hmm. that are happening and different kinds of technologies being developed that are contributing to lowering 
our sound footprint on the environment. And I, you know, uh, the, yeah, I, I, I don't know to answer your question if it's going to be louder or if it's going to be quieter in the future. Uh, I think it's something now we just have to be mindful of and really uh, pay attention to. Uh, I think it's great to go hiking out in the forest and out in nature. I think it's great listening to music. Uh, I don't think it's that great to listen to music on a portable Bluetooth uh, stereo while you're hiking. Uh, there's decisions that we can make that will improve, you know, us as a whole. And it, it starts with just in your community, you know, what you decide in your, your own household, your own community, the people you interact with. It's not something that we can change overnight globally, but it's something that we can do to the people uh, that surround us. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I hope we can, like, also as sound recorders or as, let's just call <laughs> yes. us audio nerds. That's a better, um, maybe, yes, a better way. Maybe bring, I think so. Yeah, it's too. a better term, yeah. I think, right? Because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a broad uh, term. I mean, it's not just field recording and Foley. It's, it's it's other stuff as well, as you as you mentioned, like editing, it's cleaning up, it's, uh, or, or also just listening, which is also a critical part of the work. Um, even even if it doesn't like produce a product, but um, yeah, as people that are more focused on the on the let's say audio world, um, I think it's important to also communicate that with others that aren't worse than that. And I always try that. And the good thing is that our field is interesting enough that if people ask at a event or party, um, what do you do? And I'm saying I'm I'm a sound designer and field recorder. They are interested because normally they don't have much mm -hmm. uh, connection with that, and so I can easily bring up that topic about yeah the, the worst part is <laughs> yes. airplanes and traffic and the more you listen the more you hear how loud the world has become and so um i make it a point to always communicate that that's an issue and people mm -hmm. um, should be mindful of that yeah so um on also on that topic of like different places um i recently read an article that essentially asked the question if it wouldn't be better if recorders and audio people would stay in their local environment um, as uh, opposed to visiting different places in different countries. Um, point A was, of course, like the footprint, um, uh, the carbon emissions for flying or for traveling. And also point B was that if you want a recording from some place, some special place, it's maybe better to find a sound recorders of that area because they know the area and they maybe record something differently, um, especially for, let's say, religious uh, celebrations or some, some religious events. Um, it would be like overstepping a boundary. And I wanted to hear what, what your opinion about that is, about the general... Um, do you think maybe it's better that people record the things they know and are like a part of as a community or do we think maybe it's also good to have that kind of exchange and to visit other places and maybe to learn from each other? Um, what's your take on that? That's a that's a heavy subject, and I I've, I did read yeah. uh, I didn't read that specific article, but I, I've you know heard some people in the community, uh, and it can be polarizing too, you know, because I know you know just starting out 
a while ago, you're like, oh, you know, you have all these dreams of going to the far reaches of the Amazon forest with a few microphones and uh, <laughs> having a really good experience, you know. But at the same time, there's some really good uh, ethics involved with that, you know. Like, why are you doing what you are doing? What What's the benefit of what you're doing? How are you helping so I think if you're just asking, you know, for me personally, if I'm just going through like a checklist of different questions, like why would I need to go just the Amazon rainforest for an example? Um, you know, why am I going there? Uh, who do I know there? Like, where will I be going in that? Like doing your research first, you know, uh, and finding out as much you as you can the different the ethical or the sorry what am i thinking of the cultural you know how are you going to honor the culture going there you know i think mm -hmm. are you going there to help it or will you be going there and harming it you know and i think that's a personal question and it's one that really involves whoever's going there and whoever is there you know and i think it has a lot to do with community too um you know, I, I spent some time in Australia for about five years a, a while ago. And, you know, if I were to go there um, or anywhere for that matter on like uh, just to see friends or family or going, you know, wherever in the world, I think that's a great opportunity too to not just go do what you're doing, but, you know, maybe bring a couple microphones, see what you get uh, and just really combining different experiences too, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, I'm also, I must say I'm very split on that question because um, at the beginning I didn't think about it. I was, uh, like you said, in the beginning you're like, oh, it would be great to go to Ni Niagara Falls or maybe record there and here. But um, now I'm a bit more mindful of that. And also, um, to be honest, the first person that I heard kind of the direction from was uh, Melissa Pons, mm -hmm. who also was on, on your podcast, um, who's a, a great field recordist and and she's very mindful of what she does and how she does it. And um, yeah, and then I started to think. And now I think I'm I'm trying to always set, like you said, like prepare myself and uh, set a real goal and ask myself, is it like a interesting thing to do that maybe helps someone? For example, for a game I'm doing now, the the lead developer is in Slovenia and he's, he's a big fan of nature. And so when I visit him, I want to record the nature they had to incorporate into the game because it's part of his experience and his mm. vision for the game. So that for me, for example, is something where I'm really interested in it and where I, I feel like I'm allowed to do that, so to say. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly, now that I think about it more, I'm certainly not planning on just like visiting some rainforest just to get some nice ambience and then let's see what I'm doing with that. So um, yeah, it's really... Yeah, I also think it's really a, a line and you'll have to find your own truth, but it's it's maybe a good idea to think about that as well, that it's it's a kind of intrusion uh, in a way, even if you're not like breaking anything or, or something, but it's you're going into a space and into a, a different country and a different culture and um, yeah, maybe just treat Absolutely. it with respect. Absolutely, treat it so. with respect. Absolutely, 100%. Uh I can attest to, uh, well, maybe we don't have to go there, but yeah, it's, uh, I guess the main question you got to answer is, are you, are you going to be helping anybody or are you hurting 
anybody, you know, as big or small as it is. And hurting, yeah. I mean, by just going in there, intruding and, you know, tromping through the forest or whatever, when it could be, you just got to mm -hmm. do your research and honor the space that you're going in, I think, is the main questions that need to be answered. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's a bit similar than um, with, with photography as well. Um, I have a couple of friends who are photographers and there's always this, um, like, don't change anything, leave the place clean and um, make photos and, 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 yeah, like, try to feel the space, but don't change the space. And I think the same thing goes for, for sound as well. Um, I think that's a, a main main credo we could live by um also for just doing absolutely hikes, no you're yeah, yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more on that yeah okay so i i think that's also already a good of a lot of good tips for for people starting out do your research be mindful and be respectful of the place um maybe some specifics do you have any special tips or technique you'd like to share for people that are starting out uh, yeah one thing that i've really uh have come to understand a little bit more, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, one is always be open to learning new things <laughs> and change what you do to, uh, yeah, always be willing to change and learn and grow. Uh, in that, I think there's a difference of listening when you're going into a space to record. Yes, there is um, intentional listening, You know, we go into a space, we put in our headphones, we turn on the microphone, we turn on the preamps, all that kind of stuff, our recorder. Uh, we're listening to if there's any cars, if there's any people, if there is any kind of human intrusions that we don't want. You know, that's really intentional listening. But if you're the mm -hmm. kind of person that doesn't have a drop rig and you're there to record and experience everything, that's more of what I do. Um, I mean, I, more of what I do is I turn on the microphone, do all the intentional listening, and then I just sit and listen. And then that's when I stop. I'm learning to stop listening intentionally and just passively listen, uh, where you can just be in the moment. And I think that really helped me. I think you may have been in a situation where you might have been out in nature and you're recording and it's really good. And then you hear some hikers that are, are la talking loudly or an airplane that goes overhead. And me personally, I used to get so frustrated. You know, I, I spent all this time coming out here and I, you know, hike all this way, set my stuff up and I don't have anything good. Um, that doesn't help me mm -hmm. <laughs> at all. Uh, but the passive listening and just being in the moment and listening just for listening's sake and just quieting your mind, quieting your phone, <laughs> turning it off, all the notifications, distractions. I think I'm learning more and more how to do that by any means. I'm not perfect at it. If there's an airplane going overhead, I'll probably still get a little angry too. But at the same time, I'm not going to have it ruin my day. Yeah, I think that's good advice. <laughs> I'm also trying to <laughs> be a bit more chill when it comes to airplanes. It's hard. It's, it's hard. a work in progress. And, you know, I, I love yeah. the learning process and I'm not done with it. And I think, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not done with it. And that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's also the thing. It's it's like a journey that's, uh, that never changes when you're really trying to learn something new every day. Then it can, can stay exciting and... Uh, 
you'll never be perfect. And that's also, I think, at least for me, it's a, it's a calming thought because that means it's not a goal <laughs> yes. that I can fail at. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just trying to learn, trying to be respectful and mindful and uh, just enjoying enjoying passive listening, for example. That's, that's a great, great point, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe some some other tips um, that uh, or not other tips maybe another topic is um, do you have any sound or, or space that was way easier to capture than you thought and maybe one that was way harder than you thought yeah one easy one and it's my go-to is a little place called Garden of Eden uh, yeah mm, it's, it's just a great one. place <laughs> to go hiking it's kind of an intense hike for about an hour uh, straight up, straight up, straight up, it seems. And it's, um, I wouldn't say it's intense. I mean, if you're rock climbing, this is probably going to be pretty easy for you, but it, it goes up and up and up for a while. And you kind of get over this ridge and you're into this valley and it's just an amazing, quiet, beautiful space. Uh, really hard to hear other people there. Traffic is non-existent. It's just kind of in its own little garden of Eden. So that one's, that's my go-to. It's in my back pocket if I need anything different from that area. And yeah, it's real close to where I live. So that's always nice too. Uh, the hardest one, I think, has to be any kind of, uh, well, I guess, of the sand dunes, that desert area. Super remote, super, super quiet. Uh, and in that, when it's quiet, sometimes there's other people maybe, you know, a mile and a half away. And they're just having a conversation like we are now. It's not loud. They're not being loud. But man, oh man, these these microphones are so good now that they'll pick that up. And there's nothing out there and the wind carries and all that kind of stuff too. So I would say, yeah, that was, it was a difficult one, but it was it was good being in the moment for sure. Yeah, yeah, I can attest to that. The <laughs> microphone is too good. Then it gets really difficult for quiet spaces, but also when it works, it's it's like a world on its own because it's like you have supernatural hearing and uh, you can get so much interesting nuanced yeah, sounds. Yeah, for sure, it, you're at, so. you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe on that front, also on technology. Um, what's your take on maybe where technology goes? Because now we have Ambisonics and all the 3D sound, and especially in game audio, for example, there's a lot of really great algorithms that can do convolution reverb and stuff on the fly. Um, do you think <laughs> you and me, we will be relevant in 20 years or, um, yeah. Do you think it's at some point every sound is recorded, everything is technically there. So there's no need anymore for going out and recording. Uh, it's a hot topic, especially with all the AI that we have going on now, chat GPT. I mean, even, uh, audio tools and video tools like Descript and there's a few other new ones I, that don't come to the top of my head right now. Uh, and as far as will we do what we are doing now in 20 years, as far as AI goes, I don't really, think, I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. The way things are going, things are getting pretty good. But I will say there is a need for art. Yes, I think we need, I think Tools like AI are amazing and great, and they are tools and they help us out. But, and you know, we are the artists, you know, uh, we as humans are the mm -hmm. artists. Uh, we see stuff in nature, we want to recreate it, we want to create something. 
Uh, we are all creators. It's who we are meant to be, I believe. Even if you are a, an accountant somewhere and that's what you love doing, you know, you are creating uh, your own art form and it's not reserved for painters or recordists or musicians. Like we are all creators. And I think just like the human spirit, no one can take that from us unless you let them take that from us. And with the new AIs and stuff like that, it's just the same thing, in my opinion. It'll look at, it'll look different for sure in twenty or so years. I I don't know at this point. I'm not a future analyst. Maybe some people have a better idea on that. I don't. Uh, but that's okay. You know, we've survived as humans this long, <laughs> creating art, and I think that'll mm -hmm. just continue. It'll just look a little bit differently and. How? I'm not sure, but I'm not worried. <laughs> yeah, that's a very positive outlook, which is it's nice. I can appreciate that. And um, also, to be honest, it's it's also my, um, my, my theory that art will always be relevant. And also, when you're recording a sound out there, um, even now, I have audio libraries and access to so many sounds. But why should I go through hundreds of audio libraries when I can perform the action mm -hmm. in Foley myself or go out and get a space and get my own take on it, um, get that fitting thing I want mm -hmm. to create there. So, yeah, I'm also, I'm also on, the, on, on that front uh, thinking that it will be a tool and will be used and maybe a lot of maybe smaller gigs will just fall through because people can easily mm -hmm. get this cheap but uh yeah yeah for Rob's sure and you made me think of it all comes down to community too uh you have your friends and your co-workers mm -hmm. and if you all are working on a project you know and they need you're a musician i saw your uh your incredible analog synthesizer in the background that takes up half your or the whole wall actually oh my gosh uh so you you can <laughs> appreciate uh you know, I, one of your colleagues would come to you. They know you're a musician. They know what kind of music you do. They would much rather, I, okay. If we were colleagues, I would much rather have music from my friend. And if I knew they were good and all that kind of, they were accomplished musician rather than go to yeah. somewhere like art list or, um, audio jungle to pick something. If, when it comes down to community, because you would rather have your colleagues be involved with your project if you're working on something together than outsourcing it from all these different places. That's just one way to look at it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, that's also something I'm really passionate about with, with uh, game audio or especially game development um, in the indie, in the small creator world, so to say, because it's a tight community of people just wanting to create something and feed each other uh, of each other creatively and um, it's really fulfilling and it's for me um, that the work is the fulfilling thing which is the greatest thing at all because I don't mind if the product doesn't great or not if it's like um, somewhat feasible and people get paid then I'm happy everything else is just bonus on top because the journey there is, is the fun part and um, there's so much like creative ping pong going on um that's that's really interesting um how you can like influence art with sound um or like say influence visual art mm -hmm. with sound and other way around um and i think that's yeah that maybe will stay as well because it might be the case that you can use an ai for 
getting that kind of process back and forth, but I don't know. Maybe it will yeah. feel, feel we like... We shall see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we shall see. Okay, I think um, I'm all out of questions. I don't know what to ask, except maybe... Um, do you now maybe remember or can think of something you always wanted to record but oh, didn't get yeah, the chance? Oh, yeah, I was supposed to think of that. I, um, <laughs> as far as, I, I guess there's different, like I said before, with ambisonics, I approach it more of a generalization, not anything specific. Uh, so I haven't, I'm, I'm kind of landlocked. I've been landlocked for the past, oh gosh, over a decade now. So I haven't really been to the ocean, uh, so it'd be kind of cool to get some nice ocean mm. sounds, uh, which I know there's a there's a there's a quite uh, there's a quite a lot of variety out there, but you know it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, where going into a place you know honoring all that. So it's figuring out mm -hmm. where I would like to go. I think. Well, even the desert, too. I need to go back. Uh, there's some things I need to get from the desert. I have some stuff planned for future releases. So, um, But as far as specific sounds, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and listen and see what comes. Looking for more audio-related podcasts to listen to? We're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance, featuring a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. Be sure to hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting on patreon.com slash fieldandfoley or ko-fi.com slash fieldandfoley, where you gain early access to episodes in lossless format and can submit questions for our guests. Thank you for listening.